0: Chesteria Radio, and the show starts now. Welcome to season three of the Popping Off Pink podcast. Yeah, I'm creator and co-host Chi. I
1: am Kimber.
0: <laughs> we're super excited, super chill, but super excited. As you can see, we're in a yoga studio. Yes. And we just
1: on the stay.
0: Yeah, we're. This is the premiere of season three, and we spent the summer. Mixing it up a little bit. Shout out to
1: FemRain. Yes, the FemRain, like this incredible all-women's media outlet, extraordinaire. Shout out to Blada. Shout out to Annie. We had an incredible time with them. Amazing time. It was At, a blast. And and that Rose was pretty good.
0: I, you know what? They ran out of the froze, so I had to have some henny concoction. Oh, I, that I don't them. quite recall, yeah. but. I had a lovely time at the bar with the people that were there. So shout out to the folks at Hangar 11 and in in Kew Gardens in Queens. Kew
1: Gardens, what a gorgeous (laughs) place. It was like an oasis, blown away. Kimber, how would you describe your summer? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I'll say it had a healthy dose of everything I wanted. I'll just put it like that. Awesome. What about you?
0: I'm looking forward to fall It's almost you know, nice It was just a lot of Things being demanded Of me and the fall for me Is not as hectic so I'm actually looking And also my birthday's in the fall so I'm looking forward To all things fall And, and cool And pumpkin And you know.
1: Fall baby too but like screw you sweater weather fiends and boots and sweaters yeah you yeah. 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 layer wearing yeah. shout, out to, to, uh, really huge, shout out to
0: gotta give huge we gotta give a huge shout out to dear lovely chaos of course. who I'm sure is listening or watching yeah. first of all she was killing it at the Rain event mm-hmm. and she has an event coming up on September 21st it's a pop up yeah. Um so make sure you First check it out. First
1: official lovely chaos pop-up.
0: And I think we did um
1: I think we did a cypher. In... What do you mean you think we, we did? We did a cypher, yes, right? We did okay. A cypher. Yeah, so we did this really awesome
0: fucking all female cypher in Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, it's on our YouTube, so I know a lot of y'all are not in New York, so you need to catch up. You can watch it on YouTube cuz you weren't there in the building. But I mean, just amazing women and talent. And not just the contestants, but the folks that perform. We had AQ the God perform. AQ
1: the God, he killed it. Nia, K, the lady. Lady KB. They just tore it up. Everyone was amazing. And, you know, just gives me hope. Because today it's hip hop. The shitty hip hop. As we get started, we're women
0: talk hip yes. hop and pop it off pink. And speaking of women, mm-hmm. we have a s- phenomenal woman here in our midst.
1: The glorious Adele. amazing,
0: gorgeous, talented, Adele. Yeah,
2: she just completely transformed. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> like why am I growing all this hair? I need to get it. Um, I need to get it. Cut. <laughs> And we're, in, we're right by nail salon. This is like nail Nels, salon, hair salon central, where we're at right now. And I want to make sure I, so I pronounce your exactly. last name correctly. Jane fam. okay. Thank Adele you. Fom. Thank you
0: for asking. <laughs> so so most people you say fam. Right. Well, I'm from <laughs> Chicago, so I do want to oh. say fam. That's
2: almost for a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. it's kind of nice, right? Oh,
1: but
0: Adele it's is. am part of the fam, too. Yes. <laughs> yes, you're part of fam. And she's an amazing filmmaker. Um, One of the reasons we begged her to come here was because of a documentary I became aware of, and Kimber became aware of, called Nailed It.
1: Yes, Nailed It.
0: Which we're going to get into in a minute, but before we do that, please tell our audience more about your background. I know you grew up, you're here in New York, thank goodness,
2: but you grew up in Portland. Yeah, I uh, was born and raised in Portland, Oregon. I I went to Oakland, went to Mills for college, and I moved out here to New York when Mm -hmm. I was 21. And I've been here ever since. That's time to be here. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, at that time. You know, the gentrification and everything. (laughs) And torn downtown up. um, When New
1: York was real. Yeah, but even
2: (laughs) then, I think, you know what I mean? I think I even missed, like, the window for late 90s. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Hip-hop, New York, I mean, that, that's late night like I was scary. close and I just I missed I went to college so I didn't get here until like
1: 2005 really yeah, and I feel like that's
2: a good time you well, know, of like, course But well, now, what specifically brought you to New York a boy and oh, just of course. Like, <laughs> I mean, like escaping uh, the west coast too I mean I lived in Oakland for a while and then I was in like Silicon Valley well you know, PR person wow some software and uh anyways, there was some bill, like uh, Elliot Spitzer was uh, governor at the time, and he was coming, you know he should have kept coming down on Wall Street, but he had to slip and get caught up with the hookers, and oh my god all these men, get the
1: fuck out of here I kind of blame him
2: the 2008 recession, you know, that Obama had to walk into. Yeah.
1: Wonder how many of it went to hookers and cook and pop <laughs> Well, he was, was on the right trail, but then them. they just like
2: destroyed <laughs> him when they found out, you know, about Ashley Dupree. You
0: guys remember all this? I remember Elliot Spitzer, yeah. for sure. I don't
2: remember all this This was,
0: right, this was Yeah, this was, was like the not
1: Phased or surprised by any of this. By men? No. Yeah
0: well i am i'm curious though because i have no line of sight i have family in california but what was it like growing up in portland
1: portland from what i've seen is very gorgeous though yeah it's very That's
2: time. <laughs> you see how it's raining right now it's yeah. like that pretty much all the time and then like there's two and a half months and the summer is gorgeous oh you know the coast it's cold water though it's a beautiful it's beautiful country mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, it rains a lot, and it's homogenous. And my next film, uh, called State of Oregon, mm-hmm. you can watch this short if you Google State of Oregon, and my name, Adele out Fong- well, it was released uh, by Field of Vision. Anyways, it uh, contextualizes a contemporary hate crime, uh, committed the rise of Trump, and uh, with the state's exclusion laws, mm-hmm. which it was uh, its constitution was based on, so. So
0: would you say, based on, I mean, that's, I I didn't watch watch the shorts, so I'm familiar with, I'm not gonna go into the details of the tragedy, however, I'm curious, Would you say that kind of characterizes part of what you experienced growing up there? Just
2: not knowing the history of where you're from and and that characterizes pretty much everywhere Mm -hmm. in the United States. So that's another parallel illusion that I'm making in the film. So, you know, there's this whole other side of the state that they legally excluded black people. The only state in the union to do that. This was before this, like a few years before the Civil War. So, you know, southern states weren't excluding black people. They needed them Mm -hmm. to be, you know. Mm it's, it's an interesting history. It's kind of known as like a uh, white nationalist uh, territory. People mm-hmm. go to the Pacific Northwest to kind of disappear into militia sometimes. Wow. Do you remember when they, um the Bundy guys mm-hmm. in Oregon, when they took over that native uh, wildlife yeah. preserve? Yes. Uh, these sorts of dudes. I, mean, look, I grew up in Portland, OK? That's like the city for the state. But right. just like New York City, so you need to get out of the city, bam, red. Did you, like, I don't think Hillary won Oregon by that much when you got outside of the city. Did you so personally
0: it. experience racism growing up there? Or your yeah, family, that's or? not
2: um, part of the short, but that's what's compelled me to tell the stories of people of color in, Oregon, in Portland this whole time because it's known as a uh, liberal white bastion, mm-hmm. it's known for as Portlandia, but people of color's histories, how they survived there is completely erased. Right. And, in that stereotype, you know? And there's a reason that there's so many white people. But something I found out recently is that Vietnamese Americans are um, uh, the highest minority mm-hmm. group in, in Oregon. Oh, wow. I my surprised, like even more than Latino. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And that all comes from the Vietnam War, and that's my uh, father's generation, mm-hmm. first right. generation. So he didn't start out in Oregon, but he ended up there. Um, he done job poor in Northern California, in Santa Ana, I think. And uh, you know. Wow. Well, we definitely want to get into the
0: nailed it documentary. And if you watch the show more than you listen to it, then you definitely know Kimber is known for her nails
1: all oh, day. <laughs> I, I was taking a
2: picture
0: when you guys were transitioning to my interview. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm just. Before we get into the actual meat of the documentary, can you just
2: help us understand how, what led you to doing
0: this documentary?
2: Um, Well, I'm I'm half Vietnamese, like I was saying. So I always wondered why so many Vietnamese people own nail salons, work in nail salons. Why my dad wanted me to go do nails Mm -hmm. when I graduated from Mm -hmm. high school as a side hustle, right? And as I grew older, and woker and kind of really started to explore my identity, I wondered what this stigma was all about with the Asian nail salons, and that I kind of break you off on later in the film. Right. first I just want to invite you in, but right. it's always in the back of my head as an Asian person too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then even my own class consciousness, like how I used to think of the Asian nail salon and what I think of it now, right. you know? So it became an interesting
1: window into my own culture. Yeah, I definitely wasn't um, expecting it to go as deep as it did um, when I watched it. I thought, oh my god, like, I go to the nail salon religiously, and I love to spend my money there. It's like a casino for me, and now I'm gonna have to watch this, like, expose about, like, how these people are being mistreated. and. You know I was trying to like soothe my conscious like you know I asked Leo if he had lunch today or if he wants to take a break you know and <laughs> I started watching Gosh. it <laughs> um and I was just really blown away by how it's a multitude of things mm-hmm. for Vietnamese people it's income it's traditions in the sense that it gets passed down right um and you know it's Basically, a way of life, and the fact that it originated from freaking teppy, Tippy, Tippy, mm-hmm, Tippy, Tippy of all people that blew me away. Tippy Hedron, yeah, the first 20,
0: I think, is what how they refer to the women that Tippy um yeah. personal manicures um, trained them. I it was so much to unpack there, first of all. Just me personally, the nail salon I go to here in New York um, it's Korean and I have a really good friend who's Korean and she always talked about um, her dad's salon and her, you know, helping out, like she helps out every weekend in addition to her wow. full-time job, so I didn't make the connection to the Vietnamese because of her, and then my own nail salon is also owned by Korean, right? right. Um, so that was just like, okay, interesting, didn't know it started with the Vietnamese, mm-hmm. um, and then the woman who... I guess trained the first 20. Mm-hmm. She was very candid.
1: So bitter. Yeah, she's it's like like a little beanbag. She was very candid oh, about her own anger. Up. Yeah, she did say she came she, around, but she was, she was very
0: open about how she was angry originally. I guess that when this kind of you blew up.
1: Like you know, it pisses me off. That's one thing that I noticed when I was watching that eventually it came up that there was, like, the whole, what was the term? Resentment? Refugee resentment? Mm-hmm. I thought that was fucked up. Like, why is it that Americans have this whole, you know, la di kind of, oh, thank you. No, I want to hear this is the you point. Know. But, um, I don't know what it is about Americans that makes them so, you know, like, la di very lackadaisical and disinterested in holding jobs because... I feel like everyone else gets the picture but us, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. like Immigrants come here with it in mind that they need to feed their family. That's what I heard through most of the documentary, mm-hmm. that everyone wants to feed their children, that everyone wants to like make sure they're doing what they have to right. do. And then the Vietnamese essentially made the most of it mm-hmm. and pushed it. As far as you possibly can, right. which is possible for every <laughs> gas on. which is possible for every aspect, every job that's out there. Be it gardening, garbage disposal, right. you can really capitalize on anything if you're organized and you yeah, and together. that's when profitable is it when it becomes a problem. Like, oh, that yeah. really pissed me off. Yeah, yeah I mean, It reminded me of, like, the war on drugs, too. Like, oh, now we're, we're giving a fuck about Colombia and people falling out because they're making billions of dollars pushing coke. I mean, it's not... Hey, well, I mean, to- they say
2: that about the regulations in New York a little bit, too. I mean, I was glad that the New York Times expose, Price and Nice Nails, that the emphasis was put on the worker and their health, you know? yeah. But there's a lot of people that think um regulation is really based on eradication gentrification like why do we need all these nail salons and it's not even as profitable a business anymore because of just the added costs of running a nail salon yeah i was surprised to well Well, people resent sorry people resent it when non-english speaking uh, anybody they black people. Did that too. They would not like that. They don't someone like that. I mean, they did that yeah. with um so many black towns during Reconstruction. Yes. I, it's the same thing. It's just different. Even Central Park. I mean, um, right.
0: That was a, you know, it was obviously it wasn't like slavery ended, and then you know people got money falling from the sky. Actually, the slave owners got reparations, and so to be able to buy land in New York at that time. And even what happened in Rosewood in Oklahoma, and then it was like, to North your point, Carolina. every time you make enough progress, then it's like, oh, actually we're mm-hmm. gonna raise this land and you gotta go and that type of thing. But the seven and a half billion dollar figure that was quoted in the film, I was shocked. I didn't know it was like such a, I mean, I know you say it's harder to make money now,
2: but that's huge, it's a seven and a half billion dollar industry. Yeah, look how many nail salons there are, and you think about what you need to supply that salon, and the Vietnamese have a big stake in that.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the turnover, like, the client turnover is crazy, too. Right. Because it can do up to, like, you know, maybe Mad. 10 people in, like, Definitely every, a full day, or yeah. five hours. I have you know? to
0: say, though, I was very entertained. Um, the segment, just in general, but especially the segment on Olivet
1: Robinson. Oh my god. And Charlie both teaming up this black woman
0: and this Vietnamese woman in South LA and like the man
1: trap. That was so cute and I love that (laughs) they also highlighted the importance of, you know, communication Mm -hmm. and just humanity as a whole, like what those services do for people and the connections that you can make, like Girl, I just love what the fuck you did. Like, oh, it really was not. Yeah, if
2: you go to naileditdoc.com, you all can stream and buy the movie. Naileditdoc.com. Nailed Nailed doc- 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 you can it doc- 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 for $5,
1: doc- on- $5 on Vimeo on it. demand. She's been there. She's been there. $12. And stream forever. Even though
0: it's like this rich history, I honestly, personally, I think one of my other favorite things that you did was weaving in your dad's personal story.
2: Mm-hmm. I was like
0: I really love that because it's like you're making the film but you're also kind of sharing your own
1: right. um,
0: family history as and well. and how
1: closely yeah. related it is to you do you feel like because I mean when I look at it it kind of makes me think of like you know that storyline where a kid is like born into what could be considered a lineage of like let's say musicians mm-hmm. and then they want to be you know, like a corporate person. Like, do you feel like you, A, dodged a bullet, B, avoided a tradition, and C, for you, because this was also mentioned, was it ego versus necessity for you? Like, do you feel like if both your parents were Vietnamese, refugees that had be up in that salon because yes. <laughs> my mom would be Vietnamese.
2: My mom's like right. a hippie white lady who like, never got her nails done. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, there's a little bit of regret there because it was more about not speaking a language almost. Like I didn't want to go up to Tacoma, Washington and like live with these relatives I barely knew from Vietnam who were like killing it in the nail mall game, right? Right. But in a way, this is not spoken in the film, Maybe my dad wanted me to learn Vietnamese and get closer to that side of myself. And that came later with self-aware, like getting woker, like I said, and joining the student organizations. And I mean, that really just continued through Oakland, of course, and then landing in New York, also seeing that, wow, this is the only place where the Asians are Korean, realizing most Americans don't even tell the difference. They just think we're all Chinese. Right. So there was a lot going into this film, and I think that's why there's so much in it, because I'm contextualizing it with personal history, war history, refugee history, immigrant history, and then, of course, look at what's going on right now, you know? It's also, like, super dynamic
0: and things you just wouldn't guess, like, if you just... To think about it, like the tippy Red connection. But then you talked about, and you talked about this in your NPR interview also, the creativity of the black women in these neighborhoods. That I think in the film they said, you know, they would go to work and they're like, oh, girl, you got snakeskin nails. Yeah. Like, you know, the white women and some of the Hispanic women were like, okay, where did you go get your nails? Right. And that um, connection, but also that, so all the different friendships. Right throughout these different um, salons between blacks and the Vietnamese, and then you touched on later some of the tensions that exist outside of the nail salon, which I also wasn't expecting as I was watching the film. You talk a little bit about that partnership, but also like the
2: tensions. Excuse me. I mean, the truth is just stranger than fiction, and I had always wondered personally, like, how did the Vietnamese get in black neighborhoods? That's a stereotype, you know. this like Asian nail salon in the black neighborhood. Right. A lot. You see it a lot and um lo and behold that's what it was because all of an african-american woman charlie a vietnamese refugee mm-hmm. they lived in south la you know yeah so that first salon that they opened was like across the way from the hollywood racetrack i mean it was where they came from yeah and all met charlie through doing her nails all was doing hair at the time so in the industry and you know just had like an emergency nail run bumps into Charlie and it's just like kinship they're friends right and then but when I she get to about in about the English, film too, right? Exactly, all yeah. like, a special person exactly. yeah. someone wrote a book about her recently actually mm-hmm. um, well she's working on that one she wrote a book about Charlie anyways <laughs> <laughs> she is a Christian the best sense of the word so she doesn't really see that difference Mm -hmm. between people and she's hilarious so it's like comfortable Mm -hmm. and um Charlie was open in a way I mean this is somebody who had survived the Vietnam War infant I mean Charlie's story there's similarities there yeah historical you know even if it wasn't precisely in Olivet's lifetime she understands what it is to be a refugee because of her black history Mm Interesting.
1: And speaking of black history, like, it, while I was watching it, I was telling Chi, like, I couldn't help but think about black people mm-hmm. while I was watching it. The way Vietnamese people and seemingly every other, you know, group of color seems to be able to band together and create, you know, generational wealth and stability mm-hmm. and community. Um, And I was beginning to consider if it's because the time in which, you know, the Vietnamese people went through what they went through with the war and escaping the country, like, if that's what it was, that is it because our timeline goes so far back and we're not really able to, like, pinpoint, um, you know, like, trauma or an incident that we all remember and we all can relate to and we all can, like... You know feel it necessary <clears throat> excuse me to like band together and hold on to our culture like is that why we struggle with it
0: or I you think, you think what you that? said is a big part of it when we did band together we were killed in mass right and so it, it trains you I think there's a quote burn, from Dave burn, Chappelle yeah. that says the, the person isn't crazy so we're not crazy we are crazy but why right the yeah. environment is sick and so there was a part in the documentary, and I don't remember the exact um, wording, but it was like, "Oh, the government changed their policy to um, like be more helpful towards the refugees," and that was key. They s- still had to deal with a lot of backlash from, you know, white folks that were like, "Okay, they're making too much money." But um, I think that was key. There was no wide-scale, like, you know, government like, "Okay, let them let them keep their homes." Safe. It was quite the opposite. Businesses were burned down and not just the Oklahoma City one. it happened across um, the United States um, But now I feel like in general regardless of what background you have more people are aware of the history Right. Thank God um, <laughs> Thank God for social media because it's not because of the education oh, system And wow, I think true. You know, we realize <laughs> that it benefits That's all right. of us when you know people have um, opportunity and you know ironically black folks um, are lacking in opportunity.
1: Yeah, what do
2: you think? Well, going back to state of Oregon, uh, I didn't know that history of Oregon being a white-only state, essentially, until the internet, me, mm-hmm. wanting to understand well, what was that all about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, oh yeah, they just had to keep, casually keep that from us. And exactly, I think it's exactly like that um, Reconstruction era, right? So at that time, black people couldn't remember slavery Right? Mm-hmm. Have that galvanizing sort of memory of a trauma, <laughs> yeah. and not t- and then everything that happened, the black people during slavery, like these are Vietnamese people almost coming together as family, the women right. working right. hard to bring the relative the, the ones who got left behind to bring them in and survival. Survival. So the nail salon has always been a survival net. hmm And for the next generation, the economy going the way it does and just kind of I mean, it's still a survival net for second-generation Vietnamese people. Like I was just saying, oh, I should learn how to do nails because I'm yeah. these editorial shoots and yeah. make like right. say <laughs> <I was so laughs> right. thousand dollars. What about the grind? The
0: American grind is getting crazier. How did the men become so? Or from your perspective, how did? they, so they
2: followed their women. Yeah. I mean, like. I think that's part of the culture, and it's interesting because my characters, I was attracted to men and they were the ones that talked to me, but at the end, I try to make it clear, like this is a a woman's business Mm -hmm. founded by entrepreneurial Vietnamese women. It's almost like in their DNA a little bit, like being uh, small business owners. When you go to Vietnam, you see that for sure.
1: That's the lifestyle, Um, it's like the culture.
2: It's not matriarchal, it's still patriarchal, I feel like we get, let men get away with a lot, mm-hmm. but like one of the characters said, when you come here as a refugee, the men are threatening, and the women can kind of go under the radar right. a little bit, and they picked up the pieces and brought men into it, let them feel like managers or whatever, <laughs> but a lot of guys just do nails, and I showed you. you
1: the know? man does my nails. And ma- exactly, <laughs> so tell me about Leo. Name. He's the shit, is what? The fastest, that is what do a it close up of this later. <laughs> this is like the glow-in-the-dark gel. Now, where where's swallow. he from? Um, I'm actually not sure. But you were called to that relationship. Really talk, you know? I feel like he's probably been bit me. He could be a chicken. We make guy. little jokes, and that's it he just says, what design do you want today? And I'm just like, yeah! <laughs> like, that's just it. Ask him, because New York's
2: funny, because it has historically been run by Koreans. Mm-hmm. I just think they stole the idea. I am willing us.
1: to <laughs> bet that he is <laughs> <laughs> he stole
2: the idea from each other. Like, oh, wow, these nail salons are successful in black neighborhoods. We're going to take this yeah. across the country. The price across
0: the country aspect was hilarious, exactly. too. I think she was like, yeah. at one
1: point, it was like $8 for um. Oh,
0: Maddie, yeah. and I'm like, what?
1: In my dreams, in my dreams. But I'm willing to bet that um, if he's not Korean, Malaysian. Yeah, I don't because think I used he's to work for um, a Malaysian woman, and a lot of like the language that I hear them speak, it sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'd be willing to guess. But they're all like really. Um, like there's like a nail salon on like every block almost exactly you know, that's it. how it's and real. i'm pretty sure they all know of each other and sometimes like if you don't come around for a while they'll like look at your nails and be like oh where'd you go exactly oh, yeah, I know that. yeah like they're really it's really like yeah. a kind of shadow game kind of creepy little organization over there
0: you mentioned that it's still a source of survival and for some second generation but there was um you know, this aspect of some second and third generation Vietnamese look down up on nail
2: salons. I would say that would be me before <laughs> I got woke, before I went to college or whatever. Um, but I'm surprised still, you know, how A- Asian America hasn't necessarily embraced this working class identity. So... I don't know, uh, we have crazy rich Asians, but that's not what I've experienced <laughs> right. in life, right? So even with Vietnamese people, they love the illusion, right? So I think there will always be class consciousness because this is America, mm-hmm. and it matters how much uh, money you have project, but now people do associate nail salons with making a lot of money too. So it's a really interesting, uh, changing so kind of stereotype.
1: I think it's just because of like the act it's service. Body so work. being on like on a lower level and touching someone's feet, right? I see it as it's lowly. Whereas in my mind, I used to say like a big asshole, I just wanna be, you know, Chinese. Like I just wanna work really hard <laughs> yeah. and make money and have my own business and go home and just be happy. Like I feel like they have the ideal lifestyle of anything. I feel like and they've and got to figure it figured out, out, yeah, they've got it figured out. Right, and then with a lot of these nail salons, like my
2: cousins who did really well, they all live in the house together, mm-hmm. you know, so you sharing food, talking about lunch, like, everybody eats the same That's lunch. That's beautiful, what's so wrong with that? See, so this is me coming around all these years later, like, oh, what is that? So that oh, makes you work I mean, on your own culture. Yeah,
0: yeah I can definitely relate to things now that I firmly believe that were told to me by the elders and my family, and I was just like, oh, that's just old-school thinking. And then you circle back, you live a little, you experience <laughs> that, and you're like, oh, shit. That's yeah. A documentary. <laughs> yeah, like,
2: they were
1: right. <laughs> they were right, that's the title. That's <laughs> we're onto something. Dad.
0: It just comes with experience. But to your point, about um just like the creativity there was um a person i think profiled in the documentary that took it to the next level like had the more upscale nails and was like involved in like all types of designs and things like that and there was a vegan aspect Um, so it has become in a lot of places like a source of artistry. Exactly. So yeah. why should we let it go?
2: The only way Vietnamese people will not be in anymore is if immigrants stop coming. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think those kinds of upscale nail salons would be enough to sustain the whole community. So You're most of the it's time, like, yeah. Okay, it's there you go. Because too expensive ass. And you yeah. know You go down to Leo. Right. And do the thing. <laughs> Put the up. thing to the thing. Okay. And you know, you guys. Like,
1: And he does acrylic, too. That's what they
2: don't don't get. They don't get that. And it's funny how acrylic, when it's in an Asian salon, is poison. But when it's in a a white girl trying to be doing her thing with the long stiletto nails, it's another thing. Kawaii nails also changed this. Japanese and their nail art, Mm -hmm. I feel like, in the aughts, before social media really even popped off, like that kind of changed the aesthetic to not just being like this mom and pop. Asian nail salon thing yeah. but like high fashion yeah, and before definitely. that you know all of the black celebrities that even black women turning it into nail art Great That wasn't really. Lojo. Lojo. Lojo that's what it is. She was the one. I mean that's like the shape that's everything and you see like back in the day because you know, I've done my research <laughs> and, uh, you know Barbara Streisand and Cher have like long acrylic nails yeah. early yeah right but it was really working-class black women going into the salon and then things just skin. drank. And Charlie and all of it. That
1: was their
2: man trap.
1: How long did Basically, you know,
2: the marathon where Nipsey Hussle got killed. It was kind of was yeah. just like that kind of situation. It's right funny, there. though. I want the men. And the Black right Pan- Panthers were actually right around there, too. The Los Angeles... Uh, well, right around there. Yeah. It's like the so funny. It's all like, like well
1: by 81 just don't happen anymore things are like ugh set up some tables hashtags (laughs) (laughs) everyone just has crazy ideas Mm. and then it's like things spread like in a healthier more genuine way that just brings everyone closer together that shit doesn't happen anymore Mm -hmm. now it's just Instagram and like awkward glances and Everyone basically poor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Poor, that's one.
2: I need to get together a little bit more. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, the uh, man-trap nail salon model was copied, but, Mm -hmm. you know, not the um, multicultural dynamic Mm -hmm. between an American black woman and a Vietnamese refugee woman. Well, that's So why not, you know, that's when you say things don't happen like that anymore. I kind of feel... Like that in a way too. We're just like oh, oh yeah. they're them, I'm me, mm-hmm. yeah, and da, da, da. But sure. in my time, I've met, I've met black male techs who have come up inside of a Vietnamese salon, and those relationships are really dynamic awesome. too. You know, so it's not all negative at all. You know, but that's what we definitely focus on in the media: the acrimony, right? Yeah, the, the drama. The drama. But if we understood more about each other, it wouldn't be like that. Yeah, as much. Nails make people crazy. <laughs> they make, well,
0: they make <laughs> men the crazy, right? I mean, I want our male audience to weigh in. You guys are always very vocal, um, so we'll we'll hear from you in the comments. But, I mean, there's a reason why they named the salon, or the chain of salon, Man Trap, right? I'm trying to catch a man. Men are very aware <laughs>
2: of our
0: visual nails. Okay. They're visual, and they may not admit it, but they like to see. You know all the different variations of the nails and, and then the designs. Yeah. Those
1: irritating ones that like to say they don't want to see anything. They want you to be barehanded. Oh, I've heard, heard this. <laughs> I hear all kinds of. I bullshit. heard
0: Young Doug said something in his new album yeah, th- about having the short nails, and there was like some Twitter yeah, backlash or what He said his lady has to have short nails. Ooh, I can't make this stuff because
1: up. Because <laughs> right. he likes to have long ones? Or?
0: Exactly, there you go. There, that's, like that's, the, that's the, the irony. H- but, I mean, in hip-hop, right? Like, Kimber is H- not H- a hip-hop. Mm-hmm. hip-hop head, but if I'm looking at her, this is what you want. You want the long nails, Yeah, right? especially right now. It's part of the look. You're not going to come out as, really. a, as a female rapper and not have the long nails. These lines. are long nails, yeah. I think of Trina, I think of obviously, you know, Cardi with her nails, oh. Nicki. Like, it's part of the culture of, of females in hip-hop, also.
1: Yeah. Oh, totally. From, uh, yeah, it's late a staple item now. You have to have a lace front, you have to have long nails, and a leotard. Not a leotard. I mean, that's like the shit now. Ever since Beyonce did it, I feel like that's all they wear, like, you know. What's this Kim Kardashian
2: with this old-school, uh, Destiny's Child, like, leg cutout out look? Oh! Versus... <laughs> I'm <laughs> like getting Tina vibes. This. I just <laughs> one leg
1: cut out. First of it's all, horrible. Kim Kardashian. <laughs> uh, We're one legged. In That's our favorite favorite person. Her.
2: <laughs> what do you guys feel about her getting these black people out of prison?
1: It's cute. <laughs> it's cute. You know, she claps. Dips. It's Kim Kardashian
0: like I, I think that the deed is awesome. It's a great example for other celebrities or people who consider themselves celebrities or influencers. I don't spend time thinking about the motivation behind it. I think too many people right. spend too much time. I could on that. say
1: it's a fine way to show that you just you know, like you you're proving that you don't just have a fetish for
0: Right, and I think it's, I mean, regardless of what the motivations are, this is the same person who a few years ago was like, oh, I didn't even really, I wasn't aware that there was like a racism issue. Right. So to go from that to getting, to, you know, specifically getting black folks out of prison is, um... It's cute. It's a, a, a big evolution. And then
1: evolution. it with Kanye in the white, it's just too
2: crazy for me.
1: Kanye just has a church now, like he's on a different path, you know? <laughs> yeah,
2: he, she got advised better.
1: He's, this guy's you know yeah what kind of music do you listen to um i mean i listen to
2: mostly older music uh rap and hip-hop uh be like 90s az is probably my favorite rapper what she said
0: az
1: yeah, yeah. i was not expecting I mean, that oh she's opening up the Spotify. okay show us your vibe All right.
2: Well, because you, you guys talk about hip-hop, so you want to see my hip-hop. I want to see everything. You so. want to see everything so much. I, just I see like, a Christmas place. This is a workshop. This is for, uh, <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's for karaoke. I haven't done, you guys, Do you guys do karaoke ever? We should. I try to avoid it. I can't stay, <laughs> so I should
0: I, I Oh, Kimber,
1: we have to do karaoke? Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I just take it
0: way too seriously. Reggae queens. Ohio okay. players, I see. Marvin Gaye. Okay, okay, all okay.
2: right. Remember this documentary about this guy, Rodriguez that documentary director killed himself but
0: it's a very good documentary what do you wake up to? maybe that's a better question music wise, like first thing you're gonna listen to I
2: mean, it really changes, honestly, probably jazz I'll probably go to sleep to jazz Mm -hmm. and uh... Kayla, I love love. Kayla Roy Ayers
0: oh god, I love Roy Ayers
1: just bees and things and flowers. Yeah. Here's
0: some
2: Southeast Asian jazz.
0: Now that's okay. Never heard of that, so definitely gotta
1: check. Out. <laughs> out. <laughs> I love
0: him. I, him been jazz? A while. Yes. Yes. I, I put my dad him.
1: I'm really into Brazilian jazz. I'm obsessed I with that. It. Not
2: heard that so. See, oh, we should share because I'm always we looking for you. Share. Oh, okay. We share. And here's Chuck Brown. I have him in jazz. So what was your early Han- I love Herbie Hancock. Donald Bird. Donald Bird. I could listen to Donald Bird just like, put it on, let's do it.
0: Yeah. What's your earliest memory of hip-hop? I always think that's fascinating.
2: I mean, it's more R&B. Like the first loving it, it was SWV for sure. Tape. Okay. But I wasn't like a huge hip-hop head growing mm-hmm. up. I mean, Jay-Z was huge, Nas was huge. I like Nas because I yeah. like his rap. I thought he was cute.
1: I've ruined Nas's no, name on the show
2: no, Yes, I no, just thought about that oh no, he's not very really good live
1: <laughs> It'll never be the Jay-Z same Jay-Z huh? could
2: kill him in a live show any day
1: mm-hmm. I don't like Jay-Z
2: Fuck Jay-Z so Tell us about Free Fam Junior Okay, do you think that um, Tupac is a banner? A okay. banner?
1: banner?
2: <laughs> just kind of, you know like almost like a,
1: a male hoe a little bit. Oh, that's what <laughs> I say. It sounds like something I'd want to be affiliated with, uh, and that's not usually a good thing. Not necessarily. Before okay. <laughs> I was look at him as more of a, like a revolutionary poet type like person,
0: but I mean, I don't. Or know like the did. guys, I mean, I like he did a whole song about getting around, so I
1: mean, there's that. I feel like mm-hmm. he. Is but in like a more romantic way like he, he'll be like you know I had a vibe with her like I feel like for him it's not like you know oh she had a fat ass I Right. Feel like he would have like emotional connections with different women and it just turns into sex and it's like very short stints of like like you know fake love mm-hmm. I think that's a tupac thing and not the best beads and you know yeah like, I don't feel like he'd be like, oh, yeah, I heard, like, she gives amazing
2: hits, and so it's like, you know. But, uh, my brother, Chuck Bomb, Tupac, is probably his biggest influence. Oh. In hip-hop. Yeah.
0: So is he, would you, consider, I mean, he's obviously a hip-hop so artist my brother. his own right, right?
2: No, he just, you know. He, <laughs> he just, just kind did of did that on yeah, the film? Yeah. Wow. After the film. He just did that song, and then I made the music video for him years before Nailed It, Mm -hmm. but all the things that he's addressing is almost like his documentary. I like Game, too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, songs can be like documentary as well. And what he's expressing is his experience, his struggle at that time. Right. Right. He's a working-class person, and it's different for us because people don't even um, view us as Vietnamese a lot of times, so when I hear that song, him too. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Yeah, it's just a struggle with identity. In fairness. This yeah. question's been like eating me alive. What led you to filmmaking? Like, I've always loved documentaries. I feel like they're kind of cruel in a sense because they're just, you're just like compressing years of someone's life into like one to two hours. What goes into that and what drew you to that?
2: Probably uh, when I saw my first non newsy documentary, it was called Crumb, about. Robert Crumb, the cartoonist. Um, I grew up near like a second run theater. So I saw a ton of movies for like a dollar. This is my like back in the day story. everything and was so dumb. And <laughs> I know, right? Like should not happen. Now that place is like a, a pizza pub theater. It'd be 21 to go. So my brother's oh. didn't not get the same experience. I, I was babysitting in the neighborhood. I was like making money as we were watching the movies. Like, let's go.
1: Come on. Now. <laughs> I know kids don't go outside
2: anymore. It's just, just like, sucks just have silly
1: kind of games. Everyone's just out there tricks fucking on their phones. Babies know how to use phones. My baby knows how, how to use a phone. Oh, sure, because she's 19 months old. Aww. No. No. But as you were saying,
2: <laughs> <laughs> just, Um, Yeah, so when I first saw my first non-news, non-60 Minutes documentary, I was like, this is really fascinating narrative, you know? Like, this guy's story is stranger than fiction. Mm -hmm. And I just love hearing people's stories, and I always say, "Oh, that'd be a good documentary. That'd be a good documentary. So, it's something, even what I like to watch, what I like to read, I like to read read non-fiction Mm -hmm. more than fiction. Yeah,
1: that's awesome.
2: And it's a way to interlope culture. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: it, like is. My own culture, other people's culture, so I am a culture, culture in that
1: sense. <laughs> That's the only kind there should be. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I just want to go back to the State of Oregon um, documentary, and you included some of the family members um, that from the, what was the name of the young man who was? Barnell Bruce Jr. His mother was, was in, that, in the trailer um, that I watched. What drew you to do that? I know you talked about the history of Oregon being like whites only and that type of thing. Is that, was that part of what drew you to do that documentary or?
2: Yeah, because I already have that information in the back of my mind since the aughts. Like I've always wanted to document people's of color experiences in this white space. Mm-hmm. Um, it was 2016, August. Uh, you know, there were all of these hate crime, there was an uptick in hate crimes. Trump was, you know, the front-runner right. the Republican Party. And it was just wild to me that this story from my hometown went viral, framed as a contemporary hate crime, a contemporary lynching. Um, and I started investigating it and found out other things about it. But it didn't necessarily surprise me that it happened. Um, because I grew up there and I remember a time when we had a neo-Nazi problem. My own father, although it wasn't a hate crime, was shot, and mm-hmm. was left in the street, broad daylight. So this is a cold little city.
1: We just need like an international three-day ass-whooping. <laughs> like just from the top to the very bottom, everyone Well, the cops are probably in with the cowboys. Yeah. Like yeah. you saw no, that like like a neutral party of elite fighters just walk through and just beat the pride and stupidity out of everybody. I feel like, you know, like sometimes it's like a spanking. Like it just sets you right, calms you down, mm-hmm. puts things in perspective. I feel like that's just Yeah, Portland legal. needs to be reset. And yeah, most reset. places
2: do, right? Yeah.
0: Um, and it's just interesting. More and more things are coming out of that space because the whole... The internet. I mean, not, not <laughs> that it's on par with the violence, but like I remember reading a New York Times article a couple months back around issues at the Adidas um plant or what have you with um, black workers and but then Kanye and Pharrell and like all these people who are prominent in hip hop and black mm-hmm. community are used to sell these shoes and they do all these partnerships. Yeah. But then when you look at how they treat their especially their black
2: employees, it's like night and day. What do you Yeah find? my dad worked in the shipyards and these the black people for real got treated worse black women uh-huh. doing the craziest jobs, you know. So you can imagine how that would filter up. To Adidas.
1: So, in coming out with your documentary now about Portland, what do you think about the show Portlandia?
2: I mean, I like it for what it is. Like, some of those sketches are funny, right? But I had that idea before them.
1: <laughs> oh, wow.
2: <laughs> I was like, well, how can we have no black character, or no person of color? But that would be hilarious. Yeah. Just like, just the woman on the side, black woman on the side, the Asian women just, like, <laughs> watching these people go nuts. Yeah. That's the way it is a lot of the time, and I wanted to capture that in the film that I started in the aughts, you know, the, the summertime vibe. It's hilarious. How and there's some sweet parts of the city that, you know, I'm not gonna completely hate on. That are right. weird and funny, but it usually turns dark, and then you see the houseless problem and the mental health problem. And
1: right. Like I feel the like they racism. don't really...
2: From it's the beginning.
1: Anything. It's just like a exactly. They don't have to.
2: That's the thing. They set the tone. So right. you're always the one outside, like, why do I feel weird?
1: Mm, yeah. Well, how Because they
2: can ignore it. You, you can't tonight. ignore that shit in a place that has more people of color, you know, because right. we just, you know, will yeah. bring it, it'll rise to the top. But if you're trying to, like, negotiate life there, mm. I don't know. Like, you know. Things change, too.
0: So where can people eventually see the full documentary,
2: or when- when Well, you can watch the State of Oregon short now, which was released by Field of Vision. It's about 10 minutes long. The feature we're working on now, I filmed the trial for the murder of Larnell Bruce Jr., um, and it's verdict, it's outcome, sentence. And I'm contextualizing it with a lot of stories. One of them is personal, um, my father's uh, shooting. Also, uh, the beating death of an Ethiopian refugee immigrant in Mulegete by you neo-Nazi know, skinheads that happened uh, less than a mile from where I grew up.
1: God.
2: And not knowing this shit. Yeah. I mean, like, oh. yeah. That Just kind of informs a lot of what's going on right now. I and mean, now I'm putting in context of gentrification. So where Lionel died matters. Mm-hmm.
1: How long does it take you to get all of the information like for your documentary? I mean, I can't, I need a
2: benefactor. I just need like to be fully funded. Don't know! Because that takes the... <laughs> 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 you want to do it. Um, you want to research it mm-hmm. to the max. So mm-hmm. I really want to win this next grant that I'm plotting for to um, have a paid researcher producer on my team. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want documentary films that Are just based on emotion that needs to be, you know, sustained facts. And that's the cool thing about making a documentary that um, spans over the past century because all the information could be there to be collected in such a way to tell a narrative about how we got from 1854 to today. And people are still being lynched.
1: (sighs) It's
2: different. Oppressed, systematically erased. um, Yeah, excluded. But because, you know, hopefully things are really changing. And I'm following the campaign of Tressa Rayford. Shout out to her. She's the character in my film. She's an activist. She started Don't Shoot Portland. And I consider myself kind of a quasi activist. And she's like, I swear, the only activist I really look up to. Like, mm-hmm. wow, she does the damn work. And Don't Shoot Portland. Can you elaborate? She, yeah, so she started Don't Shoot Portland in the aftermath of Ferguson when there was like a national uprising for black lives and has just sustained it and changed it, and it's a lot of fucking work, you know? Um, but, I don't know, she sees the need for that for Black people, for her people in, in Oregon, where they're not just not represented. Yeah, wow. And because it's, I guess,
0: I, I saw this in the short also, it was like, someone was like, well, it's because it's happened in Portland, right? Um, because there's not, that's not where you think of black America. Right. And so the coverage wasn't what it should have been also because it happened in Portland.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would like to think that, well, Teresa and Don't Shoot Portland, they're the reason why it was even charged as a hate crime and they demonstrated, um, you know, at City Hall and stood up for Larnell's human rights, you know, and and we've learned in years subsequent that the hate crime laws there are completely antiquated like an individual can't be charged with a hate crime in the first degree, a felony. So that guy, Jeremy yeah. Christian, that stabbed, those two yeah. men killed him on the train because he was about to attack a black teenager and a Muslim t- teenager in a hijab. He's not, he didn't get charged with a hate crime because he acted alone. So So that, it's only when it's two or more people. Yeah, and it's that to me relates back oh. to the idea of lynching. Right. You know? um, that's what they were trying to prevent at the time that's where they were at the in that police state police. when that law was enacted in the late 80s so the murder of um, by the neo-nazis that was the first time a murder was charged as a
1: hate crime in that state i just like the abuse of like elastic clauses like why what is it i i uh... This is why I just continuously, like, side-eye the fuck out of politics and just avoid government-related things (coughs) and paperwork at all costs because it's infuriating. It makes no sense how right and wrong can just become so skewed Mm -hmm. based on personal hang-ups and weird feelings. How do you feel
0: about, I guess, the current political climate, and then we're coming up on another, I guess, presidential election here?
2: Yeah, so following Teresa Rafer, she's running for mayor of Portland, that election will be decided in November 2020, um, where we'll also see if uh, we get another four years of Trump. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel frustrated too. I feel like you really have to find your local leaders and that's also what this film is about. Like a lot of us run away from our hometowns to New York because we want to be in an environment where there's people of color. You could disappear into a, a, a group of brown exactly. people, right? You mm-hmm. couldn't do that in Portland. But at what cost, you know? There's hate crimes on the outskirts of town, da da da. I can't afford anything in my hometown because right. the gentrification jacked everything up. Right. Um, uh, Trump narrowly loses. You know mm-hmm. what should be it's considered a blue state, but as soon as you get outside the city, it gets redder and redder, and people of color are, you know. I guess we just have to wait throughout time. So that's what. Just to I mean, it's sad. talks about that on It's the trans woman day
1: who day. just got found hanging in the park oh. in Portland. Oh. Yeah. Suspicious. you just have to wait until they move to Mars. Hurry up destroy. I mean, the me
2: Amazon burning right now. No. Let's terraform the earth before we the terraform The lungs of the planet
1: is literally uh, really hanging like in the balance for cattle. Um, That's what I'm hearing. So I'm going to be hosting yeah. an end of the world drug party. <laughs> oh, kind okay. of. Because I, just, I know it's coming. So <laughs> wait, wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. An end of the <laughs> world drug party. Yeah, <laughs>
1: hell yeah, Molly. Uh, Coke. The Anything you web. wanted to try, heroin, party. <laughs> inter- right. For in time for Halloween or just when when the when the apocalypse is coming, I'm okay. stockpiling, it's going down because <laughs> I'm not with any of this shit. It's exhausting.
0: Yeah, it's like in so many ways it seems like we on one hand are we living a weird because I see things that I'm like, oh, we're learning, we're evolving. And then I see <sighs> literally <laughs> The opposite, and
2: it's all the going down the same, same, same track, track together. Catastrophizes because we never, uh, there was never any kind of reparation for what they did to the native people, what they did during slavery, and so we're just living in different visions of that. So things do change, right? Yeah. But then you forget the thing that established the thing for, in order for you to change. And, and
1: that's why I want to travel really to more frequently. People need to be
2: engaged frequently. in their local politics. Well, I local guess
0: politics is key. Allegedly. And it's, it's very difficult that we vote, and I talked about this before too, for judges and we don't have any idea of their record, right? So I could vote for a judge that could block away my cousin because yes. I went any, meeny, miny, moe, or I, I voted. Well,
2: now are you on the internet when you're voting? Um, I was on, judges real quick. yeah, ah, fuck, but it's it still hard to though. find any information. I, I did know. that the last time at you're my local totally election. Right, I was really? like so
0: frustrated. The most I could find was a list of the judges and like, you know, their credentials, which doesn't tell me their record. I need to know their record, yeah. right? Like, didn't right. Five more times College, Like it And I feel like people, well, people who come here from other countries are definitely more woke in this regard, but we get so um, caught up on the presidential theatrics, right, and then most of these people don't that vote part. in their local election. I'm the opposite, and a friend of mine got pissed off because I said I don't vote in the presidential election, but I vote locally, and I'm like, you realize which one has more impact on your day-to-day? Absolutely,
1: right? because when it all boils down to it, I do both. <laughs> These people, <laughs> you get,
2: well, are you saying that because the electoral college, like that's you why? why I a big live, big part in it. <laughs> you live in New York. Not like, not even it doesn't even matter, matter like, honestly. If, if you you live, live in so that's another point, like even though Oregon is, a, I come from a blue state even, yeah. like I don't, even I never voted in one of these damn red states. The conspiracy no, theorist
1: are. in me says none of it means anything. Yeah, All they do is talk in circles and yell at us, but the decisions are already made, whether we think we're making them or contributing, it's right. all just, you know, it's all just bullshit. Yeah,
2: I've felt that way. I just choose to be optimistic right now. I'm but glad I'm for kind of on that know. page as well. well and I you would... know what? Your my brothers are like that too. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Just... well, you have to be optimistic. i have a baby, so I'm sure. <laughs>
0: <it's> <laughs> I hope that baby will survive. <laughs> it was <will laughs> on burn. It. I mean, I'm not, I'm not just Sorry optimistic, but here. active, I mean, right? When I mean, you have like uh, a kid that you know is like a 20 years from now, she's going to be an adult. It's not just that you have to be optimistic uh, within the context of you know what you know, but also you have to be active because you are contributing in your own way to her future.
1: I want to be active and um, in, like bitch slapping a couple of like political I would figures, like to actively yeah. um,
0: find an island that I can just kind of slip away to. If, like, possible. Just That's fine. if possible. Not that they island. Not that. Them. not that island. become <laughs> one of them. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, tell, uh, you, we've talked about, um, Nailed It, we've talked about State of Oregon, but leave our viewers and listeners. I'm more like Bono than Jeffrey.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: leave us with some parting thoughts and, and whatever um, information they need to know to be able to follow you and your work. And plug
2: yep. your um, GoFundMe, because I want you
0: to things.
2: Yeah. Okay, well I have a Patreon, yeah, so a Patreon uh, you know, my name's adele like singer. After you. Exactly. <laughs> now, that would be like that. Um, Adele Pham, P-H-A-M. Um, that's my name. Nailed it. I mean, really, you just have to Google Nailed It. Vietnamese Nail, nail Salon. Come up. My website. Naileditdoc.com There you can stream the film. Um, my new project, State of Oregon. Should I have a website up for that. But I'm live on Instagram for Nailed It Doc. Okay. Nailed It, D-O-C, on Instagram. Um... Yeah, watch my film. Watch am going from* *Nelson* lot the hate crimes.
1: It's incredible. It's all
2: related. Buckle up. Related.
1: <laughs> Get ready for the ride. Kimber, you want to leave us with some thoughts? <sighs> I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm happy to be back <laughs> for season three. Um,
0: Cause we, we we were like not doing anything all summer.
1: <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I wasn't alone. No, 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 I that's over. I was. Um, painting a lot shout out to open mic renegades I've been doing a lot of live paintings like um, I'm on like a little two week breather right now and then I'm gonna be back (laughs) at it so I've been painting like almost weekly um and you know just getting my life together to say the least and smoking a lot of weed and drinking as much as I want but um it's great to be back with season three um you know I've been waiting for this hot girl summer fuck shit to end Um, and yeah, I mean, there isn't much to say. I'm just, you know, I'm just full of like disappointed mom size and I'm just, you know, wanting to travel more because I I feel like I'm just hoping and praying that what I see on Instagram and in front of me isn't all the world has to offer because how it's looking now, 20, 30 years down the line, it's going to be pretty grim. A lot of you enthusing about this Popeye sandwich you'll be working there <laughs> <laughs> the rate we're going. I just be there. Yeah. oh God, definitely beat me up. Yeah. I'm not down. Andrew that. Yang. that AI shit, I'm not with it.
0: Well, the common thread that I see through everything we discussed and even through the documentaries, um, is evolving, right? So mm-hmm. the story of the Vietnamese coming here and making this happen and even evolving to the extent of not just nail salons, but you know, whole schools, right, Mm -hmm. Many schools, and we have a lot of work to do um, evolving as far as what's being covered in the State of Oregon documentary. Us all being here, I feel like, is proof of, you know, the human effort to evolve as well. Um, My summer, like I said, it's been full of obligations, all good stuff. (laughs) <laughs> all good stuff shout out to my my babies um, very proud of both of them
1: achieving kings yeah so I don't want to embarrass king. them
0: but you know who you are um, <laughs> I am looking forward to a little bit of a breather starting in about a week um, and I do want to plug my hometown if you're listening I will be in Chicago September 5th through the 9th um, not doing anything particular but we'll be checking you guys out.
2: Um, so as always... Can I shout one more thing out? I forgot. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> LA is screening in Orlando at the Global Peace Festival at the LGBTQ Center. Ooh. Um, we're doing a pop-up nail salon. Oh, wow. Before, so you can, you can come down and get your nails. I up. love Florida. Oh, Florida. Orlando. I love Florida. But when? Oh, sorry, sorry. September 18th. Oh, oh. soon. <laughs> we say okay. like okay. that. Okay. So, Nailed It is screening at the Global Peace Fest in Orlando on September 18th. And the screening's at 3 p.m. at the LGBTQ Center. But come at 12 to come get your nails done at our Nailed It pop up salon. Awesome. Kelly St. Fan, my, my co producer, is going to be there. Oh, you wow. know, he's like Leo, he's been doing nails awesome. for 25 years. He was. Yes.
1: I'm down the
2: shit. where did the concept for this come from
1: my brain okay and uh, <laughs>
2: i loved it you know he's been in the beauty industry for so long so i went to a lot of trade shows which you see in the film yes. and i just had this concept of putting the film into a museum space and wow. i saw that coming together I through a pop-up salon kind of yeah. like what they did back in the day you just need a table and two little chairs, you know, some acrylic powders, some liquid, like, let go. Yeah. Oh, we don't do everything. acrylic, we do a traditional <laughs> polish, it's sponsored by Morgan I don't Taylor. I secretly like the
1: smell of acrylic. Oh my god! Especially if I don't, you're walking but that's street. a whole, the podcast, yeah. the whole
0: thing. I mean. Well, my best friend, one of my best friends lives in Orlando, so I'll definitely um, oh, please do. Okay. tell her to check I'll that out. You. We are extremely thankful and feel very blessed that you came, bless us with your presence. I'm honored. Um, Really and if you are just listening to the show catch up quickly um, we Thanks. are in season three and this is where women talk hip hop but you're always going to get a perspective on the culture and things like what we talked about today that you're not going to get from your typical hip hop podcast so we thank you for our listeners share and we a huge thank you to Adele fam. Well,
2: thank you for having me thank you for finding
0: me and we'll see you on the next episode
1: Bye, Rose!